Hi, this is Viviana Moreno from Little Village. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mac Nowak Show starts in three, two, one. Sunshine, haven't I heard of you? I'm not a cop, are you? <laughs> Johnny Sunshine. Johnny Sunshine, I remember. Yeah, it was Los Angeles in the late 60s. Johnny Sunshine boss Jack. Hey, you were uh, you were very hot, man. Yeah. Something happened there, though. Station fired you for some reason. Well, I'll tell you something, baby. They all fire you sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, no, but this was something that you, uh, something you did. Yeah, well, we all do things, right? <laughs> that was something that you said. Yeah. Booger. <laughs> what? I used the word booger on the air. Right. Yeah. I was making about a hundred grand a year out there. Then one day I said booger. Bunch of bozos call the station. Next thing I know, I'm in Amarillo hosting a garden show. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome. At 847. A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are She's Lean and He's Green, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. And good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Sergey. Uh, and thank you to. Good morning. Uh, da. Uh, we are broadcasting from uh, Moscow t- today and uh, the Olympics. Uh, uh, we, we will give you the uh, the downhill uh, in the uh, in the racing uh, in uh, just a bit. Uh, thank you so much, Bonnie. Uh, Why did that sound like Lawrence Welk? Uh, a wonderful, oh, wonderful. Well, wait a second. Well, speaking uh, of the Olympics. Maybe this is a different kind of Olympics. I'm wow. not sure this is the what sure. I've been watching. Yeah. Well, it's Comcast. You know, it just kind of gets the wrong thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, if you got Comcast. See, no, no, what Comcast tells you says, well, we tried to get you the real Olympic station, but this is the one that you're able to get for what you're paying right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki broadcasting live from somewhere uh, behind enemy lines. 
bunker uh, and, behind and, and, oh, and now I'm trying to send out a message to Jim Neenhus, who I hope is listening because he's our guest at uh, 9.15, and he might not be because he said he tried to call in and he couldn't get through. Jim, if you're listening live, it's 877-711-5611. We can't call out from here. We've discovered we can't call to Costa Rica. Can't get there from here. Um, and so he's got to call in and I'm sending this message here and it's not going out. Of course, uh, uh, look at this just sitting there delivering mail. Uh, oh, mail finally sent. thank you for the, uh, the connection here. So, uh, technological, <laughs> technological Hades here. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, like, like the, the snowboarder that just went Boom and and, hit and, the wall. He, and and he caught yeah. the edge, yeah, and just did, bam. did a triple flip and bounced all the way down. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna play this forever. Uh, and on today's show, we will have uh, triple axles all day long. As, quads, quads, as, quads. That's right. And you know this stuff because you actually did some of this stuff, didn't you? Could you do a triple axle? Oh, sorry. Okay. But you were on skates. I, I, I could do double jumps. But back when I skated, nobody was doing triples. Well, certainly the women weren't. Were the men at that time? Barely. Because this, like, this, this was, was like the 1930s, right? Yeah. That you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay. All right. Me and Sonia Henney. We uh, were like that. All right. Thank you. Uh, anyway, on the show today, oh my goodness, if we get Jim Neenhus, that would be great. Uh, he's a professor at the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, University of Wisconsin, Madison. And um, he's doing, uh, he's speaking this week at the McHenry County College Bioneers Talk, uh, which is right there. And it's this Tuesday at uh, McHenry County College. Um, they call it the, the, the Bioneers, the uh, Lake. It's the Great Lakes Bioneer Series. Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series. That's it. And, uh, and Kim Hankins is watching us so she can type it if it's not correct. Th- that's right. Uh, the The title's too long. we got to change it, okay? <laughs> uh, and uh, Lisa Eldred-Steinkoff is hanging out. She's got a new book uh, about houseplants. She's in town. She's uh, She comes from my neck of the woods, Detroit area. And uh, we'll be talking to her. And we'll be giving away some tickets to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. This is Peggy Malecki, and this is The Moment. That's the theme of the 7th Annual One Earth Film Festival, and The Mike Novak Show will be there. 33 award-winning films at 47 venues across Chicagoland, March 2nd through 11th. This is The Moment underscores the need to take action to save our planet now. Visit oneearthfilmfest.org to reserve tickets to all screenings, including the March 2nd Green Carpet Gala, featuring live interviews by Mike Novak and me. See you there. This is Mike Novak, Tree Keeper number 417, inviting you to register for the Openlands Tree Keeper Spring Course. Tree Keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. The eight-day course covers topics like tree planting, mulching, pruning, pests and diseases, and more. The course will be held Sundays and Thursdays, April 8th through May 3rd at the Washington Park Fieldhouse in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. Hey, I'm Mike Novak. And I'm Peggy Malecki. On Sunday, March 4th from 9 to 11 a.m., we're taking our show to the Schaumburg Convention Center for the Greater Chicago Home and Remodeling Show presented by Life Storage. Stop by and listen to our live broadcast of the Mike Novak Show. Then check out all the cool displays and projects going on. After the broadcast, if you bump into us on the floor, we'll say, excuse me. 
The home show runs March 3rd and 4th at the Schomburg Convention Center. Tickets are only $7 at the door and $4 online at greaterchicagohomeandremodelingshow.com. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with a new five-day schedule. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. And there are fabulous display gardens, chef demonstrations, potting parties, cut flower arranging classes, and, of course, kids' activities. Peggy and I will be broadcasting live on March 18th. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show runs for five days only, Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th. Get your tickets at chicagoflower.com. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I'm going to let you handle it because I'm actually going to try to call him on this phone and see if we can just plug it in here. I don't think it's going to work, but uh, we'll give it, it a might, shot. It might. It might. You so. never know. So uh, take it away, Peggy. You've got, you know, we can go through some of that stuff that uh, we've got there. So Yeah, I was just going to finish the rundown here of the show because I'm not sure folks got to hear everything. We're trying to get uh, Jim Neenhus on the phone. He's the professor in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at University of Wisconsin-Madison except he's down in Costa Rica right now, and we're having a slight technical issue. So hopefully we will have him on shortly. He's speaking at McHenry County College 10th Anniversary Bioneer Series this coming Tuesday. And then Lisa Eldred-Steinkopf joins us in the studio talking about her new houseplants book. And in hour two, we are with the folks from One Earth Film Festival. Uh, Chandra, Chanda, Shavanis, Linda Booker, and Anna Garcia-Doyle join us on the phone. So while, while Mike's looking at that, a couple of announcements of some stuff that's coming up. Sunday, April 8th, is the UIC Heritage Garden Program uh, Seed Swap. Um, Sunday, April 8th, from 1 to 3, so mark your calendars for that. It's going to be at the Jane Adams Hull House Resident Dining Hall. And another event coming up, the Chicagoland Community Gardening Association 6th Annual Gardeners Conference coming up March 3rd. That's next weekend. Next Saturday. I think I might have him. Ooh. All right. We're, this we'll is, get back to this, the CCGA. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this. Uh, uh, Jim, are you there? Yes, sir. Woohoo! <laughs> How about that? Mike we, saves the day. We did it. We did a bi- We did emergency surgery here. You're uh, you're coming through my cell phone right now, which I just sort of patched into the board uh, quickly. I'm, wow. That's yeah. Cool. It, it, it sounds great. I can't believe it. This is crazy. <laughs> hey, wait. The chickens will start to. Sounding pretty soon. You can hear them as well. Really? Oh, that's great. You got chickens? Or well, you got to tell us. All right. First of all, we got to do our introduction. Jim oh. Neenhus, and I am pronouncing it correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it can be pronounced in many ways. We we know that. In fact, back in the day when uh, I was on uh, Gargantua Radio down the dial, uh, I, you used to be on my show, uh, and we used to talk about horticultural stuff, including, and you didn't answer my question because I wrote uh, you an email and I said, what about those brassicas that you said that you used to tell me about and they grew in a month? What what did you call those things? Oh, those are called the fast plants. Fast plants. I couldn't remember the name, which is a real easy yeah, name. Yeah, those are used for education. 
Uh-huh. They're not, I mean, you can eat them, I mean, but you have to be, like, really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the reason they're called fast plants is as you can actually literally, they go from seed to seed in a month. Wow. Which is just... Right, 30 days. Yeah, yeah. about 30 days. And then wh- how long till they're, they are no more? They cease to exist? No, no, but yet, you know, the, the beautiful thing is you try to, you know, we, tr- we professors, we have to try to teach students things. And one of the things we have to teach them is, you know, pollination and how seed is produced and sometimes we can do cool things like we can plant one that has purple stems and cross it with one that has white stems and we can look at segregation but when you do that in a textbook it's kind of dry mm-hmm. maybe that was your you know experience with genetics it, it was what dry oh dry a little dry yeah yeah you know i Just mean you little. can look at a picture of different things but if you actually make the cross yourself, you can, I mean, you, and once you engage the student so yeah. that they're actually involved in the process when they produce the F1 hybrid and then they self-pollinate and produce the F2, oh, my God, you know, they're so much more interested in it when they can do it themselves. We actually do that with uh, high school kids as so, well. So that's I went the... to Oak Brook and did it once. Oh, oh really? Okay. Well, and then that's... Yeah. And that's the point is that uh, if you could grow a plant in a month, that means you can have in the course of a semester three generations, right? Yes, Mike, you nailed it. That's exactly right. How about that? And uh, so we used to talk about that back uh, you when you were on my show. And, and believe me, uh, Jim and I haven't talked in at least a dozen years. I'm thinking it's more like 15 years. It might even be longer well, than that. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the last time I was on your show, like there was this really – Beta ratings plunge. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And I, I never. Think I got that. I think I got that email. Like, like, why are you so desperate that you have to call this man? Uh, oh my God! And and, and yeah, as, so... as you might have noticed, I'm not even at that station anymore. That's how bad it was. Okay, so uh... I don't. You know, when you and, and Uncle Milky left, that was it for me. <laughs> oh dear! And you know. Um, he just uh, he just passed. Uh, Milt Rosenberg. Uh, oh no, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, about a month ago. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's have a uh, mm-hmm. a ding in the memory of uh, the late great Milt Rosenberg. Oh God, he was he was great. Uh, and so a, gym... a little a little right of center for me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And and a lot of us, okay, but a very very smart man. Um, and now Jim, uh, yeah. by the way, we're calling, we're talking to Jim. He's in Costa Rica right now, uh, which is why we had all these issues before. And someday we'll, we'll actually figure him out here at the station. And, um, but, uh, you're based at the university of Wisconsin, Madison in the agriculture and life sciences uh, program and, or department, if you will, uh, you work on genetics, you, you, uh, uh, you've, but you've also been doing work. Uh, in Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, and Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you're there down right now. And, and I know you're going to talk about some of this on Tuesday. What is this work you're doing uh, down in Central America? Well, we, uh, you know, there is, uh, I know probably a lot of your guests, you know, are saying, like, what's the deal? Professors get to go to Costa Rica and, you know, do the Pura Vida stuff? No, I actually come here to work. So we have, uh, so we, we, we work mostly with women's groups, and we work in, there's actually a lot of poverty, you know, not, not just here, but it's in Guatemala, Nicaragua, a lot of women's groups, and they're looking for new ways of generating income. 
So one of the ways that they do that is by growing vegetables. <clears throat> but some of the problems they have with growing vegetables, because they can take vegetables like to the market and sell them. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems they have is, you know, they have a lot of problems with diseases. And so what we we actually worked many years developing lines that were resistant to virus in tomatoes. Yeah, and and, and, and let me stop you there for a second. Uh, yeah. I think one of the reasons uh, you have those issues is because the plants that are are, are really popular and that they want to grow are tomatoes and peppers, uh, both in the same family and both susceptible to a fair uh, number of diseases, right? And in fact, they evolved in this region. So all the so they've had you know millennia for the diseases to evolve to attack them. Oh, you know, you never think about mm-hmm. that part of it. You think about the millennia that it takes for a plant to evolve. That's but... why it's so much easier to grow a tomato in Chicago than it is to grow <laughs> in, uh, in Central America. I, I never if, thought yeah, we, of that. In a few millennia, we'll have viruses up there as well. Yay! Okay, I cannot wait. All right, so, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so you're working on a grafting anyway, here's, technique. Here's kind of the funny, I'll tell you the funny story. I... Uh, I was so happy, you know, because we were able to develop some tomato varieties that were resistant to virus that are used by the women's groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and the tomato seeds are that we develop are like open pollinated, right? Which means that they're, they're, they're not F1 hybrids. Right. In other words, so the... The women can actually produce their own seed. Right. You can. You the open pollinated means that uh, it will reproduce. Uh, well, it'll 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 blossom and 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 fruit, and then the seeds that you produce from the fruit can be planted again to produce the same fruit. Unlike the That's exactly as, correct, Michael. Right. Uh, I've learned something over the the years that you haven't been around. Oh no, no, you know you know all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I so, know that. So anyway, but but so the they you know you can the ladies can buy seeds from like the big multinational seed companies. The problem is that those seeds cost between twenty and twenty five cents a seed. And, wow! You know, for a so for a a poor mother, mostly it's single mothers. Yeah. You know, to 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 spend twenty five, she doesn't have twenty five dollars to buy a hundred seeds. Yeah. No kidding. So we're so we develop open pollinator varieties. Anyway, we were pretty happy, you know, because the varieties we did, that we developed were we did have resistance to virus. But then, then I realized that that they were planting the tomatoes in the same field every year, and of course, you know, Mike Nowak's. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Sage advice would be to rotate in your garden. Yes, even it, in yes, Chicago, it, yes, right? it would. And I've told I told somebody that just last week on this show. Yes. Yeah, I was listening. It was great. <laughs> so the problem is that they, uh, you know, you build up a lot of soil pathogens. So there's a thing called bacterial wilt. Mm-hmm. It and the species is called Rustonia, but that's not important. <clears throat> but uh, I thought, well, there's no possible way that I can breed for resistance to, you know, this soil pathogen. I mean, there is no cultivar that's resistant. But it turns out that there are wild tomatoes hmm. from different species. Ah, right? which we're not going to, which we're not likely to have in Chicago, of course. No, well, well, not only that, they, you know, that you can find wild, 
things that look a lot like tomatoes kind of growing wild in the tropics. Yeah. But of course, they're just they're just loaded with alkaloids. You know, they're just bitter as heck. They're awful, and they're, the the tomatoes are actually the size of like a BB. Ah. So they're hor but they're resistant. So anyway, to make a long story short, what we've been working on recently is we've been working at what they grafting. So we graft our virus resistant cyan onto these wild species that are resistant to root pathogens. And incredibly enough, these there are there are people who can double I mean double their yield. So they so what you're saying is they keep the 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 root stock uh they produce they put the cyan on they 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 grow that they save that seed and then they do the process all over again next uh in the next growing cycle. Not only that, it turns out that that selling these uh, grafted plants turns out to be kind of a nice little business. And that, and it, often, yeah, that's a great part. So the, you're helping mm-hmm. these these women uh, uh, make some money down there, and you're helping. I understand working with women's groups uh, down in. Yeah, the, the, I put a photo on my blog uh, of a Guatemalan woman that you said, which is just delightful. And I'm so it was, if you go to MikeNovak.net and the homepage, you will see that. Uh, and that's a, a photo that uh, Jim sent me. Oh. Well, thank Michael. That was nice of you. Well, you know, I that's why there's a reason I asked you to send me some photographs, and and I went okay. through I went through them, and I saw this woman, and she was just delightful. So I had to put her on the on the homepage. So uh, we we don't have a lot of time. We got maybe four okay. four minutes here. Uh, I will tell you, you're going to be back on this show soon, dude, because there's just not enough okay. time today. I want to let folks know that Jim is speaking this Tuesday, and this is part of what he's going to be talking about. Uh, this is the evening. What we're talking about right now, the grafting tomatoes, is the evening talk, which is 6 to 8 p.m. at McHenry County College. Uh, and that's right at the, apparently that's right at the cocktail hour. <laughs> so uh, my understanding is it's going to be pretty uh, pretty wild time. <laughs> Especially because... Tomatoes and cocktails. Because you're there. All right, but at no- at noon, before you do that... Uh, and you got like two minutes to tell us about this. You're going to be talking vegetables. I can't believe you're doing two appearances this Tuesday, but that's the only way they can get you down from Wisconsin, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's that. I don't know. But 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 your noon talk is about how vegetables have changed in 500 years, and the and how you tell that is art. To, uh, art. What's that all about? Yeah. You got like I said, you got like two minutes to tell me about this. No, okay. Here's the deal. Actually, this started out like there was a mutation. There was a mutation that occurred about 300 years ago, in which carrots mutated from purple to orange. Hmm. The original carrots are are purple, and people were wondering where and when that mutation occurred. And it turned out that a Dutch scientist, a guy by the name of Banga, he looked at Renaissance still-life paintings. And he was actually able to trace when the still-life painters switched from painting carrots purple to painting them as orange. Wow. And that's why, and we've had a huge influence on, right, the uh, William of Orange and the Dutch soccer team <laughs> and the carrot. And, and, and the Netherlands uh, ice skaters that I've been watching. Uh... Yes, come on, it's all about the carrot. 
It's all about. And you can learn all this at the art museum. It's all about fact, the carrot. There's a quote of the day. Yeah, there it is. That's a <laughs> we gotta tweet that out there, Ellie. It's all about the carrot. Uh, okay. Uh, but that's so you'll be talking about that and how you've discovered that. Um, well, I just followed Bunker's lead. You know, I'm not innovative. Yeah, but nobody's paying attention to this except you. You realize that. Okay. Well, I do. <laughs> so if you want all this information, uh, you need to show up at McHenry County College. That Now, this one at noon, if you're an art fan, if you're a vegetable that's fan. That's not the cocktail hour, though. That's not the, the cocktail, cocktail hour. will be a better one. No, yours is the, yeah. yours is the uh, chocolate milk hour, okay? And, yeah, uh, I think I can. <laughs> uh, cho- cho- chocolate milk and carrots, all right? Mm, yum. And uh, uh, that's it. Uh, McHenry County College, it's the 2018 Great Lakes Bioneers McHenry County Speaker Series. Um, and again, two, two uh, performances uh, by Jim Neenhoos. <laughs> one at noon, one at 6 p.m., uh, 8900 U.S. Route 14, Crystal Lake, Illinois. Go to mchenry.edu slash Bioneers. Jim, it's been so great to talk to you. We're going to do it again real soon. You're cool. Thanks, Mike. Bye now. Have a good Sunday. <laughs> Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24th at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will cover it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, what are we listening to here? Uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, cool. I don't know why. I think it's just because Kathleen picked up a CD at a thrift store, and that's why. That's why it's in there. Uh, in the studio. We're happy to have Lisa Eldred Steinkoff. 
and she's got a big new fancy book that weighs uh, a, a few hundred pounds uh, it's called part of my workout program. Uh, it, it is. It's substantial. <laughs> this is a great doorstop. It'll it'll work right. Um, and it's called House Plants: The Complete Guide. Well, see. The, uh, it's the complete guide to choosing, growing, and caring for indoor plants. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the studio. So uh, you've made a couple appearances in town. You were up at the Chalet. I was at Chalet. Jennifer had me in, and it was the, I was the, that was the most fun. The only problem was I had my husband with me, and I couldn't shop their fabulous houseplant section. Why not? Because he, he says if I bring one more houseplant home, I'm going to leave. You know, and that's interesting <laughs> because, yeah, you got a few in I your house. A few. <laughs> uh, now, okay, we're going to start with the most important question uh, and uh, I wrote this on my blog. Uh, and actually, no, I tweeted it. I don't know if you saw. I did see it. See the tweet. The most yeah. important question, because you're from Michigan, which is uh, my old stomping grounds. Uh, yeah, go Michigan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 could, I could say some things about <laughs> Michigan. It's like I, I ducked out of Michigan before it got weird, and it's gotten really weird in the last couple of decades. Really? Yeah, it has. I should say Mongo, Michigan State, because uh, my oh, future no. son-in-law Uh-oh. is no, from no, Michigan no, no, State, Uh-oh. so we got to go, Them's go Michigan fighting words. State. <laughs> go green. Cut, cut off her mic. Cut off her mic. Uh-oh. Uh, He's uh, got it, his hand on the panic button. Yeah, it's, it's go blue. Uh-oh. Okay, that's Uh-oh. how that works here. Well, if, if we're not playing go green, if we're not playing Michigan State, then yes, it is go blue. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, the, the most important question for you is... What's the difference between Michigan Gardening Magazine and Michigan Gardener Magazine? Michigan Gardener Magazine is a magazine that's been around for almost 20 years, and it might be 20 years, and it's a it's a newspaper-style... Um, that's Gardener. Gardener, and it's by Eric Hoffley, and he and it's just, it's really kind of for southeast Michigan, for our area, mm-hmm. whereas Michigan Gardening is a glossy magazine, and you have Chicagoland Gardening here in Chicago... Wonderful, wonderful. That's which is right. so it's part. It's, so the Michigan it, gardening is part of state by state. That is correct. Which is uh, what I, uh, who I write for, and, and I write and, for both of them. Yeah, and Michigan uh, Gardener is you an can't cross over. Like it's a it's an independent. Yeah, yep, it's an independent newspaper, and it's been a very and it's in a newspaper. It looks like a newspaper, whereas that's glossy. That's so. The, do they people. do they have rugby scrums and duke it out? And uh, uh, I'm I mean, not, uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I want to know. Oh. Uh, Perhaps okay. tugs of war over mud puddles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll have to get to that in a second about uh, uh, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine because yeah. I need to have some a yeah. uh, little bit of information. And we, we also we're going to be giving away some tickets to the Chicago Flower yeah. Garden Show oh, while you're on. So yeah, so in fact, that tease out there. we're going to do that right now. We're going to take a phone call at eight seven 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 one one five six one one. But you got to answer a question, and Uh-oh. if you do. <laughs> Uh, uh, you will get a couple of tickets to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, which starts on March 14th. It goes through the 18th. Are you going to be at that, Lisa? I am, I am not, unfortunately. Well, you made your appearance now. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and uh, she's got some great uh, questions here. We got. It looks like a call pouring in right now. Look at that. Uh, before we even ask the question, we got folks <laughs> wanting to get in line. All right. Uh, which one do you want to an- uh, ask there, Peggy? Take, take a, a few. And, we, I, and I actually know the answers to them, so we're good. Well, I, I don't know the answers to all of them myself. I have a pretty good idea what the answers are. Yeah, we'll have are. to make sure Ellie knows the answer in there. Yeah. We, okay, well, I'll, let's just go for number one here. Number one? Okay. Drum roll, please. Uh, Never mind. No, it's all right. If a plant has spines, is it always a cactus? 
That's a really good so question. So you know the answer to if a plant has I, And vines, I actually know the answer to this one. Is it always a cactus? Call us now at 877-711-5611 to win two free tickets to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. So if you're... Your plant has spines. Is it always a cactus? 877-711. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, let's take a, let's go right to a question, and then we'll get to the book. Uh, Elena uh, from, uh, where was that in Illinois, Elena? Wheeling. Wheeling. Okay. In Wheeling. Okay. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you for calling in. Good morning. Wow, you jumped the gun. You, did you know that Lisa was going to be on the show? No, I didn't. All right, no, well, it's the, for my first time ever listening to your show. Oh, oh. welcome, welcome. You get a ding. It's all about houseplants. All right, now, well, listening. well, the question. Oh, I like, thank you. I got a lot of dings. Oh, yeah, to them. Thank you. Uh, however, but it makes me wonder, is your question about houseplants or is it about something else? Well, I don't know. That's up to you. No, oh, no. Mercy, please. No, what? No, you... no, what's your question? Oh, I thought you had a question for me. What? Well, I right, I'll ask you a question about my houseplants then. Okay. Oh. Now, <laughs> in the winter, I keep my houseplants by the patio because I live in a smaller apartment. Okay. Should I be feeding them a certain kind of food in the winter because I notice they get a little lackluster? Ooh. And I don't give them as much water even though the dirt gets dry. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm harboring some kind of bacteria or mold that once in a while gets on top of the dirt. Why does it get crusty? Yeah, it does. It gets crusty. Yeah. Well, there's the, we had several they're different heavy, issues. Yeah. Water retaining at the bottom. You know, the pots are heavy. Well, I think Lisa has some answers for you. Okay. Yes. Number one, we should we don't need to feed or for, you know the sun is the food for your plant. So, you, but you don't need to fertilize in the wintertime because they're not actively growing. And you need to water them. Okay, always so it's the okay sa- to keep it by the window. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That you want you want them to have so light. Really well, depending on the plant, whatever. Well, right. It depends on the plant, but yes, you'd probably want it near the window. Do you know what kind of plant it is? Okay. Do you have more than one plant, Elena? Yeah, I have um, about five. Do you know what they are? And I, um, no, no, I don't know what they're called, but they got the really big green leaves. <laughs> And they they could be if you hang them up they they will actually vine they they'll they'll attack the house like Jack and the Beanstalk so it's probably pothos. a pothos right a pothos well it could also be there's others that well a that, philodendron or that's a what I think I was thinking right. philodendron myself no, yeah but. we want light and you and it's still because we have our heaters on here blasting in in Chicago you're gonna want you're gonna want to give it water water it till it runs through the bottom but then you may don't water it again until it's dried down maybe you know to your second knuckle stick your finger in there and see if it needs water. Okay, and somebody gave me two little cactus, and I was wondering if I should repot those and put them outside. All right, they're really tiny containers. I'm going to ask you: Do you know if they're really cactus? Um. Well, it said cactus on the. Oh. On the, well, uh, you know that's not that might be yes. true, and it might not be true. You you never know. Never know so it depends. Where, yeah, I know the tags <laughs> are not necessarily the best thing but ever pre- happened. So, presuming it's a cactus. Okay. Though. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay, so I wouldn't repot anything at this either. time of year. Well, I mean, I guess you can. It's getting in, into March. I'd yeah, wait a few weeks. That's right. yeah. We're 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 at just about at that right. point at where you can where because you could. as you get more light, then the plants begin to respond to that. In fact, I've been waiting to chop a couple of plants and rejuvenate them myself right. until, until yeah, it gets. Yeah, because we're getting into March. I keep forgetting what it's already almost it's, March. It's almost. Isn't so, that amazing? Yeah, it's yeah. Almost gone. All right, scary. so. 
Uh, and as for the crust she finds on her soil, well, it could be from it could be from uh, fertilizer buildup. If you fertilize regularly, it could have that little crust at the top. It could be from your water. It could be because you're watering from the bottom, and as the water it soaks all that up and it forms a crust on top. I would just remove it, add maybe some take an inch of soil away, and add some fresh soil on top. Oh, Lisa, can I ask you one more question, please? I have a tree. Well, it looks like a tree. It's a plant. It's very tall. It's about six, six, five. And um, it's same size it's, as my it husband. It's almost like a palm tree, <laughs> but it's not. And I've got another one growing on the base of it. Should I take that one out? It's a palm tree? And you say it's got an... It's, it's not a palm tree. It just looks like one. You know how they, um, the leaves fall off, and then they just have the... the, have the it looks like tiny, long banana leaves. Like and just Dracaena, like maybe, or a ficus. Or I mean, it, you could let it grow at the bottom, but if it's if it's a trunk and you want it to stay looking like a tree, then I would trim that off so that it doesn't, you know, change the look of your what you're going for. It looks for. like a separate plant. Just well, then it, it, it probably is. So then you could wait until it's up and growing, and then you could separate it. Then you'll have two plants. And here's some advice I'm going to give okay. to you. All right, two things, Elena. First of all, we're going to give you a couple of tickets to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. So, uh, so you, Johnny can get your information. Right, you, Thank so, you. You hold on, and we'll get your information. I think uh, Ellie will probably get it from you. Uh, but the other thing is learn the names of your plants. If they've still got yeah. tags in them, write it down someplace so that when you lose the tags, if you don't have the names, take them in someplace to a, a garden center and say, what's this plant? And that way you can look it up anytime and figure out how to take care of it. And you can get a copy of Lisa's book, House yeah, Plants, The Complete Guide. And uh, this has pretty much every plant that you probably have in your house. You probably don't have any of the ones that uh, are not in this book. Uh, so I would say get a copy of this and then keep it handy. So first of all, figure out what your plants are, okay? Uh, Elena, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. Stay on the line. Please stay, stay on the line. last name? What? Oh. Whose last name? Well, Steinkoff. It's S T E I N K O P F. And as in Frank. And go to MikeNovak.net. Right. M I K E N. And you can read all about her. It's all there on my blog. There you go. So keep listening. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Thank you for your show. I'm glad I accidentally happened upon it. Thank you. I'm so glad too. That's wonderful. Come back next week. A satisfied listener. All right. I will. All right. I've already got it on my calendar. All right. Great. Uh, so, and that's, you know, that's the perfect example of the kind of advice you give in your book, uh, and in person, uh, you have more than, uh, we saw the article in the, in the the Detroit news, uh, 200 houseplants on your first floor. On the first floor alone. I never counted them, but my husband decided he should count them. And I'm, he goes, do you know how many plants you have on the first floor? I'm like, no idea. Cause I don't want to know. Cause I probably have to remember. Well, you know, I counted the ones I have, if only because I put them outside for summer, met most of them. And then one uh, one fall, as I was bringing him in, I thought, how many do I have to bring in? <laughs> and so I, I went out to the back, and I started counting, and I had about 40. Uh, and I get about and, 30. And, and there you go. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it, it's when you have 40 plants, and some of them are very heavy, it takes a while to get everything indoors. I, I take them. I leave mine in. I, they're house plants. Yeah, but you've got a, you've got a greenhouse, okay? I do. Okay? Have, I have so a sunroom, yes. Blah, da, da, yeah, da, yeah, yeah. okay? I still wouldn't have to A lot of us don't have greenhouses. Okay, we're going to come back and talk more uh, to uh, Lisa Eldred Steinkoff about House Plants, the complete guide to choosing, growing, and caring for indoor plants. It is published by Cool Springs Press. Actually, the, uh, what do they call the thing? Uh, quattro, Porto. Porto. Porto Nose. Porto. No.
That's the uh, print off print. Whatever the book thing. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy (laughs) Malecki. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. A Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO. Everybody sing. Okay, alert, alert, alert. Uh, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine alert. I just received my March-April issue in the mail. Me too. That's all. <laughs> just thought you'd like to know. Uh, all right. No, wait, 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 wait. I remember, I remember. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that every year this particular issue comes with a bonus, the resource guide featuring information about garden centers, greenhouses and florists, tools and equipment, supplies, classes, clubs, landscape design and installation services, education seeds, arborita. They wrote Arboretums. I put Arboreta, Arboreta. and oh. more. Wow. I've given up on the English language, basically, <laughs> for everybody else. And let me put it that way. Speaking of bonuses, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue. The bonus is that if you read it once, you'll never have to read it again. Wow. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest, like Michigan... Or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions, like Michigan Gardening. Yes. By going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. In the studio with us, Lisa Eldred-Steinkoff, 
the uh, oh yeah, let's hold this up to hold this up to Facebook. We're holding up the books to Facebook. Uh, if you're watching a Facebook Live. And if you're not, get over there and start watching. Yeah, really, really. And give us a bunch of likes so that uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg thinks we're important. It's really... Because uh, <laughs> he's watching. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He's a, he's a regular watcher on he's, Sunday mornings. So you got this book, and it's got everything, basically. Uh, uh, we can tell our listeners who are interested in growing plants. Uh, you've got planting, watering, fertilizing, lighting, environment, grooming, and propagation, problem-solving, specialties, and then a whole bunch of plant profiles. And what I like about them is that they're arranged by easy to grow, somewhat easy to grow, and uh, don't even try it unless uh, you've got some experience. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I wanted to do it. I, have a, I want a green thumb. I have a green thumb. I have two green thumbs, but they shot me down. <laughs> oh, well, they didn't like the green thumb thing? No. No. In fact, if you look on one of the pages where I'm uh, propagating a plant, I've had green green fingernail polish for well, and that's your favorite color, years, yeah. And they they photoshopped it out, so I have nude nude nails. Really? Wait, 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 wait. And you had to put all of your plants into white pots. I had to put too. most of yes. They wanted white pots. I did get my uh, my mom's fern in there. In an I'm sorry, pot, that is just color. like so annoying. Okay. <laughs> it's all about the plants, not about my nails. And the plants, pots, they wanted them white. It's still. It's personality. I know, no, that's why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was sorry. so weird. I opened the book and I went, oh, if whose, I'm... whose nails are those? And I'm like, oh, I mean, those, they, those are my they, hands. They photoshopped them? They photoshopped them. They're nude. <laughs> and I've never worn nude hey, hair hey, in my life. Hey, folks at Quarto, uh, just leave it alone, okay? Relax, dudes. Relax. You're getting a little... That just is like like OCD. It's like, who's who's the OCD... Uh, well, you know, it's all about yeah. selling plants and making so, the plants. See, there you, you go. know what? So, uh, so what yeah. is your favorite houseplant? If you had only one that you oh, could man. escape from the house with, which one? Well, I would take... You know, I'm a sentimental person, so I would take my fern that I've had since... Your mom's fern. Mom's fern. I take your, grandma's fern. Your grandma's but fern. otherwise, I would... You know, because so, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. But, but if I, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite mm-hmm. kind of plant. I love my aglonemas. I love monsteras. I, it's hard to pick one. I, just, I probably couldn't. I'd have to gather up a, a huge amount of them and run. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's true because every plant has its own successes. I mean, right. I've got a, a a Hoya that... I, I don't know. I owned for 15 years before it finally bloomed. Um, and hmm. uh, But I had been, you know, and part of the problem is you move in different places. And uh, for one, I, I was in one place where uh, I had a southern exposure on a third floor in an apartment. They and love that. that. They, oh, my God. Yeah. All my plants were so happy. So then I moved to this house I'm in now, which is the, uh, like living in a cave. And even though it's a southern exposure, it's on the ground floor. And for some reason, no light got in. And it's it's a barn. And it's cold. So... Uh, I it took me several years just to figure out how the plants were going to behave because I had to go through several seasons. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, of course, I overwatered pretty much everything. Um, a lot of people do that. And it's hard to remember that if you the less light they have, the less water. They right. Need. Now, and I and I knew it. that and I, I still know. overwatered. Well, we want to we want to take care of them. We want to nurture them. So well, it's and hard wh- not to. And I'll be honest, when people ask for my advice about indoor plants, I say, um, uh, neglect is probably it's, it's the best is, is the best thing for yes. for an indoor plant. Just They're more overwater leave, than underwater. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. And, and I have so many that mine are definitely underwatered, and a lot of them are neglected, and they do better. Than they do. If They're... I had two or three, I'd be wanting to water them all yeah. the time. And... and there's some plants that need water. Okay, and I've got something that okay. I I got two things. So uh, before you go, okay, first of all, is my own experiment that I've been doing for about four or five years now. 
Uh, and I don't recommend this to anybody. <laughs> don't all right? recommend it. Because <laughs> don't I, write do this, this down. in your home. Uh, I'm wondering if you've ever tried it. I have a peace lily, spathophyllum, uh, in a pot, a glazed pot, with no drainage. Well, that is my big, it's not a pet peeve so much. It's just I think that for to set yourself up for success, you better start with a pot with a whole I know, and, and that's why I say yeah, I don't recommend it to anybody. I don't recommend it, but, you know, I could do it. Probably you could do it. If you've been around plants for a long time, a lot of people tell me they, that it's no problem for them. If you know your plants, they've been in the same place, mm-hmm. and you can, I can kind of look at a plant and tell whether it's dry or wet. Especially or, a peace lily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they, probably, they tell you. Yeah, there's some plants you really, well, you can overwater them, but it would be hard. Um, so it's okay if you know your plant and you, but I, if you're going to have a pot that doesn't have a drainage hole and you want to not drill a hole in it, Keep your plant in the grow pot it came in, take it out, water it, then let it drain, and then put it back in the pot. No one will ever know. You call that a... a Cash po. Cash po. (laughs) And I will tell you, if you're going to repot uh, a ZZ plant, don't water it. No. Ever, ever. No. In fact, I I was so mad at myself. I had a ZZ plant. It was doing great, and I had it for a number of years, and I was really good about it because I didn't water it. I just you don't did. need to water. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's ignore it. roots. Ignore yes. it. I know. It turned. It turned. It, it melted. And they can practically it, grow in a closet. I know it. They can't. I mean, really, I, I mean ZZ plants. Don't say that. I wouldn't recommend that either. <laughs> but you but, say but, that in the book. But they practically could. Yes. Because that's the great thing about ZZ plant. I recommend it to anybody who's going to kill a plant. I say give them a ZZ plant, and the the only advice I give is never water it, and you'll be fine. Right. And that's actually the letter Z, the letter Z. In case right. people are saying, what's a Z? Z. Okay. Here's yes. the other quick question before we go. I didn't see anything in here about King Aurelia. How come? King Aurelia. You don't have one of those. I don't. Because oh, I wanted, I had a question about it. No, I don't have one. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. And yours is doing well? Well, here's not. the thing. I bring it. No, it is actually. I, I take it outside and it gets really lush. And then I bring it in in the fall and it drops like three quarters of its leaves. This is probably why it's not in the book because I don't have it because I've killed a few of them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's possible, but it's a beautiful plant beautiful and I love plant. it. And it, the, the canopy is wonderful. And, and it always the canopy always survives. And what I'm trying to figure out is how to prune it. And and uh, a year ago when I brought it in for the winter, it did not lose its leaves. It sort of, they stayed for the whole winter. And, and maybe you brought it in sooner or you brought it in before it got really cold out. Or it's possible. It, you know, before those, you know, it had better, we had better sun that year. Because I, I, who knows? I'll tell you, when I was trying to take pictures for the book, my daughter and I, took, my daughter did the pictures. Did there you was, really? She did. My oh, daughter, Chelsea Steinkoff. Good for oh, nice. her. Yes. And Have she, her talk to the OCD people at yeah, she, uh, at the publisher. I we're not even going to go there. She was, not, yeah, okay. So, uh, so she, there was never a sunny day. It was the the winter of two thousand sixteen seventeen, and it it was ridiculous. There wasn't a sunny day. I'm like, we can't take pictures days. Hmm. There's not a bit of sun. And I have a house, nineteen sixty six. Yeah, house. but 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 you know, isn't no it better for photos? When well, it's it not is. Sunny? But I mean, but if you got to have some kind of light coming in someplace to yeah. take pictures, and my my house is, it was right. it's. Covered with plants. There's no curtains, just plants. You also have, of course, uh, a blog. I do. And a website, and that yes, is? www.thehouseplantguru.com. Thehouseplantguru.com. Oh, and, and one thing before we go, because the other thing you said in your article is uh, that if you don't kill a plant, there's something wrong with you. Well, I kind of, I was, I, I, no, I wish no, no, you reworded I, I like that. It. I, well, I wish you reworded it a little differently. If you haven't killed a plant, then you're you're not doing anything. I mean, I've killed a million plants. That's how you learn. We all do. My corollary, but my corollary is, if you kill the same plant over and over again, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's so there true. You go. Isn't that Try the definition one. of insanity? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Try House, a different plant. House plants the complete guy, Lisa Eldred Steinkopf. Thank you.
Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847 A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for second hour capitalist radio. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy and wealthy wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food All right. To I can see uh, our guest on Skype dancing to the music. <laughs> and she's, <laughs> she's waving to us. Uh, we're going to get to her at, at about 10.15, but I'm, I'm glad you're on board, Shanda. And uh, I almost said Chandra, but it's not. It's Shanda. And uh, she and she's nodding. Yeah, you know I'm trying to keep straight. Chanda, Chandra, and Sandra, and it's not working. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we got a few things that we need to get through before we get to our guests uh, in uh, the 10:15 segment. And uh, in fact, at 10:15, we'll be talking about the One Earth Film Festival, which has its huge gala. This March Friday, 2nd. March 2nd, uh, and Peggy and I are going to be part of that. We're going to be uh, from 6 to 9.30 at the Gratz Center of Fourth Presbyterian Church. I thought it was 6.30. Is it, is it 6? 6. It might be. Well, 6 is probably when people start gathering. I think it's 6.30, actually. I, I, I took it out of the ad in Natural Awakenings. It says 6 o'clock. Really? <laughs> okay. Now, we got it. now, we got it. now I'm curious. And this, now i got to check this that. This starts our whirlwind march. Yeah. March 2nd. So if you can't be there, you're going to want to watch us live on Facebook. We'll be broadcasting on the Mike Novak Show on Facebook. The, the who? The Mike Novak Show. Oh, okay, that one. Okay. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> Something interesting. <laughs> Probably because I need a sip of water that you're I You're right. Get. It is 6. Okay, 6 to 9.30. Yeah. So I, I don't want to give people a bum steer. Yeah. And like we're... I did in the first hour when I said King Aurelia and I meant Ming Aurelia. King so, Ming. Yeah, whatever. Uh, oh, this is and ding, Aurelia. Ding, Aurelia. Okay. Dingaling. Because uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, there's there is uh, only one way to treat me when I get like that. Shut up, Wesley. That's uh, where we have to go with that. All right. Uh, you were saying that the the big gala is yeah. uh, on uh, on Friday, and we will be there, and we'll be doing our Facebook Live thing, talking to uh, guests. And, and we're live on Facebook now, so head on over there, too, and uh, watch us. If you want to do that. Uh, and what else we got? Next March 4th. Su- March 4th, next Sunday, 
the show, this very show, is coming to you live from the Greater Chicago Home and Remodeling Show at the Schaumburg Convention Center, 1551 Thoreau Drive, as in Walden. Walden Thoreau. There's a little uh, pond out it's there. In Schaumburg, in the beautiful city of Schaumburg. Uh, and when we're on at our usual time, 9 to 11 a.m., uh, the show itself, uh, Mighty House, is going to be on the air next Saturday. Uh, from se- I guess they're doing the whole thing, 7 mm-hmm. to 10. And, yep. uh, but the show itself uh, on Saturday is 10 to 5, and on Sunday it's 10 to 4, uh, the Greater Chicago Home and Remodeling Show. So uh, Parking is free. Well, which is the most important thing mm-hmm. of all, of course. It's not like going to the Rosemont Convention Center where you pay 30 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so those are the two. That's next weekend. That's the March 2nd and then March 4th. And then... Uh, looking ahead a couple of weeks, the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. We will be broadcasting live on the 18th of March from Navy Pier. Um, uh, we will also be, uh, si- well, we're doing our seminar, What's Important and How to Find It. We actually started working on it this week, which is really important as well. Uh, and that's at 1130. So for those of you who are gardeners and you're always confused about how to find information, come see our seminar. We, will, we have all the best sources and we will tell you how to track down stuff online and not confused by people trying to sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's basically what we're going to do. Uh, and we're going to be there at their gala, uh, Evening in Bloom, uh, which is March, March 13th. And we'll, again, more Facebook Live stuff, right? Yep. Um, At least that's the plan. Yeah. And then Good Food Expo. Is March 23rd and 24th, the next Friday and Saturday. At After U- the flower show, yes, right. At UIC Forum. Um, and March 23rd is the conference. It's open more as an industry show and conference. But, again, we will be Facebook living it that morning, uh, times TBD. I don't have those times yet. But on March 24th, that's the huge Good Food Expo, seminars, workshops, speakers, chef demos, and the huge vendor floor. So that's free. If you go to goodfoodfestivals.com, you can get your ticket there for free. You have to pre-register for the free ticket. But you can stop by and see us because we'll both be there all day, March 24th as well. Yeah, and that's us. And then we collapse in a heap at the end of March. Oh, uh, then I however, have another event after that. But oh, do you really? Okay. That's just mine. And then there's another event next <laughs> weekend in between the 2nd and the 4th when we're doing our thing. But if you're interested, March 3rd is the 6th annual CCGA Gardeners Conference, um, a workshop Soil testing. I mean, one of the cool things uh, about this is they could, you can have your soils tested for heavy metals on site. So that is March 3rd from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., Kennedy King College, 740 West 63rd Street, uh, Building U in Chicago. Uh, and uh, if you go to CCGA uh, on Facebook, that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. do it. Just type in CCGA, which means Chicago Community Gardeners Association. And that's next Saturday. And then another event to mention this Wednesday, February 28th, at College of Lake County, Grays Lake, the documentary Saving Snow at 7 p.m. Uh, one more thing. Oh, this just in. Bulletin. 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 This just in. Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall today. Guests, magician and crime fighter Al James, an exclusive look at the new Chicago Magic Lounge, plus mosaic sculptors and muralists Hanna Kolvovich and Anna Soltis. I got those names wrong, I'm sure. Uh, that's Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall at 1 o'clock. When you visit the Art Institute of Chicago and you're drawn in by the Dutch Masters, are you looking at their clothing or their dinner plates? 
Dr. Jim Nienhus from the University of Wisconsin-Madison says that veggies have actually changed over 500 short years, and he'll tell you about it at the McHenry County College Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series. On February 27th, Nienhus will do two presentations. At noon, he'll speak on Renaissance art and vegetables, and at 6 p.m., the talk is about women farming cooperatives in Central America, where he's worked in rural areas of Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Costa Rica. Mike's interviewed Dr. Neen Hoosen describes him as living at the intersection of science and entertainment. All events are free and at 7 p.m. in the Lucht Conference Center, 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Call 815-479-7765 or visit mchenry.edu slash green. That's 815-479-7765 or visit mchenry.edu slash green. This is Mike Novak, and this is The Moment. That's the theme of the 7th Annual One Earth Film Festival, and The Mike Novak Show will be there. 33 award-winning films at 47 venues across Chicagoland, March 2nd through 11th. This is The Moment underscores the need to take action to save our planet now. Visit oneearthfilmfest.org to reserve tickets to all screenings, including the March 2nd Green Carpet Gala featuring live interviews by Peggy Malecki and me. See you there. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24 at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will be covering it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry I lost myself. I think I thought you were someone else. Should we talk uh, That would be an idea. Well, we'll talk about the weather, but in about a half an hour. That's right, with uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio. But right now, uh, it's time to talk about the One Earth Film Festival coming back to Chicago. And the Mike Novak Show is uh, happy to be uh, a media sponsor for the One Earth Film Festival. And we were talking earlier. Let's bring her up uh, right away because uh, she's on the Skype. And if you go to our our Facebook live feed, which is up right now at the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, you will see Shanda Shavanis, is that how you pronounce your last name? No, That's perfect, Mike. Oh, okay. Good. He, he gets a ding. All right, I got that right. Uh, and she is a, a Canadian documentary filmmaker, writer, educator. Uh, and you've been on my show before, and I, and I didn't even realize that till yesterday. And I guess we both figured that out yesterday, Shanda. Um, back in 2010, so uh, it's interesting because I had uh, Jim Neenhus earlier on the show who had been on my show maybe 15 years ago, and now I've got you on the show. You were on the show eight years ago, uh, and you did another documentary at the time about the same person, and that is scientist Sandra Steingraber. Uh, and at the time, the, the documentary that you did was called Living Downstream, and it was a, the story of, of Sandra in discovering the source of her cancer, uh, that she went through 30, like 35 years ago now. And so we talked, and Sandra was on the program at that time. And now you've uh, done a film called Unfractured, where you basically kind of pick up where you left off. And, and you follow Sandra in New York, the state of New York, 
and their battle to get uh, fracking banned in the state uh, several years back. Uh, and um, we're going to get to that in a second. So uh, that's uh, Shanda. She's on the Skype machine right now. Uh, let's also go to the phones and uh, bring in uh, Anna. And uh, and I'm I'm losing uh, Linda Booker. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got. Uh, I can't find right it. here. Anna's here. There was too much information. There's too many sheets. This week. There's just too many sheets of paper. <laughs> There's just there just are and Anna Garcia Doyle because I knew I knew it was Anna I couldn't remember your last name I had no clue I had n- none at all uh, what your last name was and Anna. Uh, and Anna is a founding member and executive director of the One Earth Film Festival uh, and uh, this is the seventh annual One Earth Film Festival Anna good morning and welcome. Good morning, Mike and Peggy. Thank you so much for having us all on the show oh, today. All right, and the person who's also on the phone is Linda Booker, and she's another. Uh, director, producer, editor, and writer, and she wrote uh, and produced a documentary called Straws, and it's about the uh, cause du jour uh, on the planet right now, and I and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it is in a good way, and that is plastic straws, mm-hmm. uh, and that is 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 entering our consciousness right now that we we've. <laughs> We have created uh, a big mess. A big mess, yeah, with plastic straws. Uh, Linda, uh, good morning. Good morning. I hope it's as beautiful in Chicago as it is here in eastern North Carolina. Uh, probably not as warm, but it's, <laughs> but it's the sun is no. out. <laughs> but it's nice here. Yeah, we've we've got sunshine. So there, we got our, our assembled cast here, and we'll start with Anna because, uh, uh, and we'll get to our film directors in a second. And I appreciate you all being here, uh, Anna. Seventh year. What, what what have you learned? What uh, what are you excited about moving forward? Yeah, yeah. We're entering lucky seven. Uh, we can hardly believe it, and um, we're just as um, activated and engaged as ever, uh, which I think is telling in terms of the theme we chose for this year's festival. Which is, as you pointed out, Mike, this is the moment. We think there's momentum behind environmental causes and really all of the intersections to environment and climate change. And we're really excited to uh, come out even bigger and better than we mm-hmm. ever have before um, this year on March, March 2nd through 11th. But, you know, as you already know, we're out of the gate with some pre-screening events and, and have already launched in Indiana as of last week. So oh, very exciting year. Looking forward. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the things you're doing. In the past, you have been around the Chicago area in various counties and various venues. Uh, you reached out to the folks in Indiana this year. Uh, how did that go, and do you, do you see that expanding in Indiana as well? Great question. So first of all, it went really well. We are grateful to our partners at Calumet College of St. Joseph, who hosted and welcomed us. We had a full house, a really nice uh, panel discussion and, um, you know, I think it went really well and bodes well for the future. Uh, I think we're only limited as far as our teams are able to manage. But, again, we've got new folks coming on all the time. <laughs> so we do have our eye on meeting our kind of objective of growing into the Midwest Premier Environmental Film, Film Festival in truth. And so, um, yeah, but we're very excited also about being all around Chicago once again in eight very broad um, geographical communities, you know, all over the south side of Chicago, all over mm-hmm. the north side, into Lake County, DuPage and King counties, as we said, Indiana. And so, um, you know, I think it, you know, we're hoping to reach many audiences, many types of audiences, including youth, including mm-hmm. all kinds of diverse communities across Chicagoland and beyond. 
And, uh, uh, of course, as you mentioned, the, the bulk of the film festival is March 2nd through 11th. But as you said, you've already been doing screenings. You're, it, I guess you could call them sneak previews. And just sort of wherever and whenever you can get people to watch these films is a, is a good thing, even though uh, officially the film festival goes from March 2nd to 11th. Uh, 30 award-winning films, 50 locations throughout Chicagoland. Uh, I that's is that the way other film festivals do it uh anna uh uh does it does it help you or does it make uh logistically things more difficult to spread it out like that i imagine it, it enables you to draw in crowds for more diverse crowds uh but for you guys it must be a little bit of a logistics nightmare uh-huh mike you've really hit on something here <laughs> we know we absolutely know it would be so much easier for our teams, and I do know some festivals do it this way, um, where they'll rent a specific location and have, you know, one to several days and have all folks come together in a central place. That, I think, makes a lot of sense logistically uh, and would be wonderful for our team. I do, I will point out that, you know, our mission really is, you know, environmental sustainability and using film as a tool, as a very powerful tool to spark mm-hmm. awareness and, most importantly, of course, action. And that means working in community. And we cannot work in community if we invite people to come to a central location that doesn't feel like their neighborhood, that mm. isn't their neighborhood, and that isn't in proximity to the projects and the work that they're already doing or expecting to launch uh, in any topic under the sustainability umbrella. And so we really need to work with and in community to do this work, and uh, we're proud to do so. But you're right, it presents logistical challenges, and we're happy to overcome those challenges in order to work in the right way uh, for for uh, the movement, in fact. <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh, I, you know... <laughs> That's me. I use the word nightmare. You use the word challenge. And that's. uh, (laughs) It's all a matter of perspective. I guess. If I were doing it, I would call it a nightmare. You're doing it. It's a challenge. And that's good. And that's why you're doing it and not me. Uh, (laughs) And uh, if I want folks to know that you can get all of this information, you can get it at my website, first of all, mikenovak.net, because I've got links to everything. But if you want to, you can go directly to oneearthfilmfest.org. Um, it is a production of Green Community Connections, and you guys do a lot of other things during the year, but this is, I imagine, your primary uh, event uh, for the year. Right, Anna? That's right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and there are all kinds, of, and we should mention the theme as well, otherwise uh, Cassandra West, will uh, her head will explode, um, and it's called This Is The Moment, um, and uh, that's in a very appropriate theme because... Um, we live in an age where it this is the moment, and it seems like that every darn day mm-hmm. that something new comes up and and, and requires your attention. Raise, you know, starts waving its hands and saying, "Hey, you better act, okay." And if you can't act about this thing, don't worry. There will be something tomorrow that will grab your yeah, attention. Just because you took action on it before, it's back. Exactly, and uh, mm-hmm. and and that and and I I wish environmental matters were more a part of it. Uh, that's okay. We'll get, we'll get to that too. Uh, and that's why I have this show is to mm-hmm. call attention to those things. I mean, we got all kinds of other things, as you know, in the news that require our attention, but what we focus on here are environmental matters. And that's what the one earth festival is, uh, all about. Um, and you guys are also having, uh, the one earth young filmmakers contest, the international women's day screenings mm-hmm. on March 8th. Because that's when International okay. Women's Day is, and I'm actually very pleased that the 
I don't think it's a, it's not quite an accident that I have three women on the uh, the, the, the line today. Um, the One Earth online auction where you help raise funds for your efforts. And, of course, uh, as Peggy and I mentioned before, the Green Carpet Gala, which is this Friday, March 2nd, from 6 p.m. to 930. Uh, I finally got the time right. Uh, and uh, the uh, luminaries uh, from the festival will be there and you can hang out and um, uh, and see some stuff and, and schmooze and learn more about the fest and support it, um, which is, is, is part of the great thing. So have I missed anything, Anna, before we get to our directors here? No, I think I'll just piggyback what you said about the gala, which is don't forget you've got uh, Tesla test drives, which is super no. fun, and also tons of great food and drink, sustainable food and drink, vegan options. You know, we're just going to have a nice big party Cool. And uh, and uh, rub elbows with some of our wonderful filmmakers, including Hawa Kasat, who is coming to us from Washington D.C. Uh, Linda Booker, who's on the line, mm-hmm. so we'll hear from in a minute. And, and yeah, we wish Shanda could could make it this year, but hopefully in the future. So yes, we'll be filmmakers. It'll be great. I will also briefly mention on the note of celebration, as you mentioned earlier, Mike, this whole topic of this is the moment and the urgency, the true urgency that we feel about these issues, and really expanding beyond folks who might already feel that they're environmentalists or green people and really getting to, to everybody because we feel this is a human issue, not a, you know, some sub-segment of humans issue. And be, to do that, you know, we hit these issues head on, right? We've got two esteemed filmmakers on the line and they've done copious research and they, they know exactly what their topics are and they've covered them, you know, to great effect for our audiences. And we're really proud to show these informative and moving pieces on the other hand, or in addition to, I should say, our model is to wrap this in engagement and fun and awesome conversations whenever possible, which is part of what's behind our After Hours events this year, right? So we'll be at Google at the Chicago headquarters showing Dolores about Dolores Huerta. We'll be in Patagonia showing a film called, a film called Happening, A Clean Energy Revolution by James Redford out of the Redford Institute. And so how do we also wrap it in, you know, honey tastings and local food and all of those good things, food trucks we've been known to have, mm-hmm. that uh, that bring people out maybe beyond the choir and, and help people think about this isn't just to get depressed and find out what the facts are, but it is <laughs> to understand the facts, embrace them, and then to celebrate the possibilities of what we think we can do because we have a lot that's in our power. Yeah. So anyway, I just kind of want to give a nod to that with this kind of special events after hours series that we're having as part of the festival this year, that that is really an emphasis in so much of what we do, but also specifically in these after hours events. All right. And again, you can go to one earth org. Let's, uh, let's move uh, to our guest and Shanda Shivanis, uh, who is, uh, in, uh, Canada. Where exactly are you are right now? Uh, I'm in Toronto. All right. And uh, as I mentioned before, has done documentaries in the past, has worked with Sandra Steingraber. And if you don't know Sandra Steingraber, you haven't been paying attention. Um, And uh, uh, she uh, was called by uh, Rolling Stone. What was the... um, the uh, toxic avenger they call her a toxic <laughs> avenger uh and when i was watching your documentary because i got a chance to see it ahead of time shandra uh, i see i did it shanda um i i was looking at it and you spent a lot of intimate time with with sandra steingraber in her house with her family her husband had just suffered a stroke when uh, a series of strokes when this film began and i thought how does she get that sort of access to to this person 
and then I realized you had done the uh, the documentary in the past. So obviously, you knew this this was happening. You didn't know how it was going to turn out. So that must have been interesting as you were filming it. So tell us a little bit about the basic story of your film. Sure. Um, so Unfractured uh, follows Sandra Steingraber, who's an ecologist and a mother. Uh, and when uh, the fracking industry was threatening to come into New York State, she reinvented herself as an outspoken activist um, and went head to head with the oil and gas industry, fighting for a ban on fracking in New York State. And so the film really follows Sandra as she transforms from uh, an introspective biologist to a much more outspoken activist activist. Uh, and in the middle of everything, uh, her husband starts having strokes. And so she has to figure out if she's going to keep fighting or whether she's going to come home and take care of her family. It's... It has a happy ending, though, I always like to say. It's, <laughs> it's a rare environmental <laughs> film. Uh, well, it, it, well, you actually feel very happy at the end. Well, if you know anything about the story, you know that, uh, was it 2014, uh, that uh, Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, put a ban on fracking in the state of New York. In fact, that was used as an argument in Illinois because that was the time, at that time, uh, we were having the discussion in Illinois about the new fracking law here, and there were people who were saying, just don't even, don't even negotiate, just ban it. Just mm-hmm. get it done, and yeah. uh, and and it re- it get, it got really ugly in Illinois because uh, we had environmentalists turning against environmentalists. We had the industry playing in there. We had politicians in there, all sitting in a room and duking it out and and trying to get this law passed. And ultimately, we got a law passed that some people call the toughest law in the nation. And yet, just this past year. We had a company decide it's going to start fracking in southern Illinois, and that just, everybody kind of went nuts and said, well, wait a second. What about the law? And uh, we st- that still hasn't been resolved. In my book, yeah, I- I'd say ban it. There's no – you know, we know that there's a lot of dangers with, with fracking, and uh, but that's me. Uh, and that's the state of New York, obviously, and Andrew Cuomo, the governor. Okay, I told you guys that you might hang on for a second segment. We're going to have to do that because we need to get to Linda Booker, who is the director of Straws, and talk about that. And we'll get back to Shanda Shavanis, um, whose name I pronounced six different ways already. Uh, <laughs> and Anna Garcia Doyle from and, One, Earth, and One Earth Film Festival. That's it, the One Earth Film Festival. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. What is sustainable seafood and why should we care? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Sustainable seafood is seafood that is either caught or farmed in ways that consider the long-term vitality of species, the well-being of the oceans, and the communities that depend on fishing for their economy. In case you didn't know, our oceans are experiencing severe distress from environmental destruction and overfishing. The Marine Stewardship Council offers labels to make it easier to find fish that is sustainably sourced. So if you love your seafood without plastic microbeads and you want to make sure it is there for future generations, please consider sustainable seafood options. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. 
Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. That wasn't the music I thought it was going to be, but uh, kind of cool. That's okay. It's fine. Uh, I put the wrong uh, thing in there, but that's okay. But that's kind of an interesting. You know, but you that, only know what I want you to. Uh, exactly. An interesting song. And and it's sort of uh, my the show today in microcosm. Okay, it's just where I'm not sure what's going on here. Your audio is going on your. Oh, is that going on too? Okay. Shut that off. I was just, I was going, you know, we were talking about going to the Facebook page and I was going to, t- to take a look. Yeah. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking about the One Earth Film Festival and uh, we've got Anna Garcia Doyle, uh, Executive Director of One Earth Film Festival, and uh, Shanda Shivanis uh, from, uh, uh, you said uh, Toronto, right? That's right. Uh, she's, mm-hmm. uh, she's on the Skype. Uh, we're all on Facebook Live, so you can go to the Mike Novak Show. And, and in fact, we had that confusion. I do have a private page. It's not private. It's a personal page. Uh, Mike Novak. If you go there, nope, you're not going to find it. If you go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook is where you'll see the live stream there. And now let's get to Linda Booker, who's been very, very patient. And I really appreciate it, Linda. Uh, she is the director of Straws, uh, another documentary that I looked at uh, this week. It's narrated by Tim Robbins. Uh, I got to ask you a quick question because uh, on on the homepage for Straws, and I have a link to that, uh, Linda. It says there was animation uh, and narration by Tim Robbins. He didn't do the animation, too, did he? No, um, no, he did not do the animation. He's very talented, but um, I don't think that that's not what he did for our. Uh, okay, I didn't, um, I didn't think so, but it was just you know a quirk of grammar where <laughs> the way it was written. It said animation and narration by Tim Robbins, and and I thought, oh, um, I can't imagine he did the animation as well. But I thought I'd ask. Okay, I'll have to go back and look at that. I thought. Yeah, I'll, I'll check the word on that. <laughs> the grammar police are out on a Sunday I'm morning. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call that. Don't want to call. Really I'm very honored to have Tim Robbins be a part of, you know, this, this film. And I'm very grateful to him for his generosity and contributing the voice for our animation. So how, how did that come about? How did Tim get involved? Well, very early on in production, I reached out to the Plastic Solution Coalition uh-huh. and that uh, the CEO is Deanna Cohen. She's a activist artist based in Los Angeles. And because she's grown up there and she's been able to get the support of many of the celebrities and notables in, in the area. And Tim's just one of many of actors and actresses that have gotten on board with this issue. And I'm, I'm going to tell folks right now, if they, your film is not long, it's 30 minutes. Um, and if I say right now that people will change the way they think about straws when they see the turtle, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right, Linda? 
Yes, of course. <laughs> that's that's an image that once people see, it's pretty hard to get out of your your consciousness. And, and that. And don't be and don't be scared. Don't be scared because again, as uh, uh, Shanda said earlier, there's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a sea, sea turtle. The, that... the turtle had a oh, the turtle even had a happy ending. The turtle's fine, so people yeah. Yeah, it, but that's the point I'm making. Oh yeah, I, I'm not going to make people look at a film where the turtle doesn't have a happy ending. Okay, I, I'm you wouldn't even be on this show right now. Okay. <laughs> You know, I think the interesting thing on your film is it does focus on the straws, but you also cover more the overall plastic problems that are happening in our waterways. The the, the pieces, the drift nets, the small little bits. Um, it focuses a lot on the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I'm not sure if that's the exact name, but the Monterey Aquarium. How, how did you come to make this film? What was your passion that drove you to doing this film? Well, prior to doing straws, I had already been producing some environmentally themed uh, videos for the city of Durham around water pollution, stormwater issues. I've also worked with a local organization called Clean Jordan Lake, and I did some video work with them. I mean, I've always been a water lover. It's something that I grew up with. I was very fortunate to have a childhood that, you know, had me playing in water at a very Mm -hmm. early age, going to the shore and, you know, getting loving the beach, loving rivers, loving boating. So, you know, I just think out of my love and concern for the environment, you know, it's just a natural thing for me to gravitate to a project that would try to then take it to the higher level of where we're talking about how much plastic pollution do we have in our on globally now in oceans worldwide. And, you know, it was a bit of a challenge to try to take something that's as small as a straw and try to get it segue it into that top, you know the enormity of it without overwhelming people as well and and you actually make a really really good point uh and that's something that uh, we could direct at shanda too is how do you how do you do a film like this and not overwhelm people i imagine that the two of you when you're out there filming and you're, you're putting this together, you're just excited to get whatever comes into the camera on a certain day, and you go and you look at the rushes and you, and you say, oh, this is terrific, we'll make this work. At some point in the process, and I'll start with you, Linda, you have to step back and go, oh, am I just bumming people out? Is anybody going to even watch this film uh, uh, once it's done? I mean, and I imagine you don't even see that part of it until you've got some kind of edit done. Right, Linda? That's true, but I think I really did set out to make a film that was not a a documentary that would bum people out, because you hear that a lot, and I think that's what maybe turns people off sometimes about wanting to even go to see some of these important works of of film. But but on the other hand, and I also, if you notice, if you've seen the film, I try to bring a little levity and a little laughter into it, and I think that's one way you can reach an audience without, you know, it's okay to bring laughter into these serious issues sometimes. Not all lend themselves Mm -hmm. to that, of course, but... I think where you can add a little humor, like we use the animation. Some of my interviewees were great. They'd throw a little line out. It gets a chuckle <laughs> yeah. every time people hear it. And I wanted to bring that in because, you know what, if it gets so serious, if it gets so bogged down, and it, then, we don't, then we lose sort of our interest. I think that's when people get detached from an issue. Yeah. Um, I- there's no reason why you can't have a ton of fun in a beach cleanup or – you know, I love some of the events that some of our local organizations that are doing here, like Fishing for Plastic, where mm-hmm. they got the local big Blue Marlin tournament, or I forget what that's called, and Beaufort. Like, they, they're engaging all these groups around doing something fun. Um, but it's important work. But at the same time, we can also do what we can, you know, to have engage people.
people in a way that doesn't get them depressed. Uh, uh, Shanda, can we can we get a little comment on that? Because one of the things that I came away with from your film is, and I hope this is not the wrong impression, it was what is the price you pay for your engagement in environmental matters? Um, uh, Sandra Steingraber rarely smiles in that film. All right. Now, she was going through a real tough part of her life, but still she paid a huge price for what she was doing, even though mm-hmm. she won uh, and, and the, the cause won. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Yes, I mean, definitely for me, I was interested in, you know, has activism run its course? Is um, is it hope? Is it really still is there even a chance that she's going to win? Like, um, I was so fascinated by the story as it was unfolding. It was Sandra and a core group of about 10 people who were fighting against fracking through New Yorkers against fracking, and then thousands of New Yorkers uh, kind of engaged in the day-to-day grassroots actions. And I watched them as they fought, and there were some moments where I thought, this is completely hopeless. But I was interested in the fact that they just were driven no matter what, you know, and um, unfractured screening on International Women's Day Mm -hmm. um, at the film festival. So I'm really excited about that. Uh And in my mind, I was thinking often of the Susan B. Anthony quote, you know, failure is impossible. And I really think that that's what Sandra was feeling um, throughout. You know, she was so kind of laser focused, as were everyone in the movement. uh, And I was so impressed by that. So that's what I wanted to follow. But I didn't really know how it would end up. I didn't know if it would be depressing or not, um, but you know, happily, it's not depressing in the end. I mean, she did have <laughs> to; she did have yeah. a lot of fights. Yeah, right? but and 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 that was the thing I mentioned earlier. You didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it turns out they win, and 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 uh, Andrew Cuomo does impose the fracking ban in New York. And boy, you couldn't have a better ending for a documentary like that. Uh, and but that doesn't happen all the time. In fact, it rarely happens. You're sort of the exception to the rule. Well, it doesn't happen all the time, but I think uh, you know the tagline for our film is "Fight with your with your whole heart," and it comes from a quote that Sandra said, which mm-hmm. is. Um, she said, the antidote to grief and to spare is to fight with your whole heart. And I think that that's what we need to be doing in this moment. You know, the theme of the festival is this is the moment. And I believe that this is the moment where we all have to be fighting with our whole hearts. And I do believe if you fight with a committed group of people, um, you really can win. But you got to go at it whole hog. That's right. You can't. No, no half-hearted efforts uh, allowed. Uh, well, and, and, and yes, it's who, who wanted to jump in there? Was uh, I want wanted to because we have somebody watching from St. Louis who says even talking about the film can alert people to get on board with the issue. This is double doubly good because I'm in St. Louis and can't make it to see the film. So the whole talking about it. That's great. Bringing the issues up, making people aware. All right. We got two minutes here. I want to let folks know uh, that Unfractured is uh, showing on March 8th at 6 p.m. at the 19th Century Club in Oak Park. Uh, It's 20 bucks uh, to get in to see it. It's well worth your time spent. Uh, And Straws is showing Saturday, March 3rd at 2 p.m. at Prairie Crossing School in Grays Lake. Saturday, March 10th at Thatcher Woods Pavilion in River Forest. Saturday, March 10th, 6 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Saturday, March 10th at 11 a.m. at Thatcher Woods. Saturday, March 10th at 6 p.m. at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Park Ridge. 
Um, and uh, uh, Anna, I'm going to let you have the last word. Any other films that people? There's a ton here. Obviously, there's there's 50 films. Uh, you got two or three that you want people to keep an eye on? Yeah, there's so many. It's like you know, the festival has so many amazing films. It's like choosing between your children to say, "See this one, <laughs> see this one." You know, they're all amazing. And um, I would maybe uh, make a plug. You know, we had some really great comments from Shanda. And Linda, so definitely see their films. We also have a Fly by Light is showing in two screenings, one on the south side at St. Benedict's and one at in, uh, the Austin community at the Austin Library. And this is for you know teens, young adults, and also general audiences. The filmmaker will be there in discussion for the uh, for the first one, and uh, that one that promises to really talk about the intersection between ecology and equity and justice. I think that's something that this is a moment to absolutely put a lens on uh, right now. And you know, we just have so many. Island Earth is fabulous. Uh, Making waves is about our own Great Lakes and invasive species and what we can do. We'll have a cleanup. Uh, weather permitting across the street at the lake, a beach cleanup after making waves is at the Peggy Note of Our Nature Museum. So, so difficult uh, to, to. And uh, that's all the time we have, unfortunately. Anna, thank check you so much. Please, One Earth Film Fest. Yes, go to oneearthfilmfest.org, check the schedule. Hey, I'm Mike Novak. And I'm Peggy Malecki. On Sunday, March 4th from 9 to 11 a.m., we're taking our show to the Schaumburg Convention Center for the Greater Chicago Home and Remodeling Show presented by Life Storage. Stop by and listen to our live broadcast of the Mike Novak Show. Then check out all the cool displays and projects going on. After the broadcast, if you bump into us on the floor, we'll say, excuse me. The Home Show runs March 3rd and 4th at the Schaumburg Convention Center. Tickets are only $7 at the door and $4 online at GreaterChicagoHomeAndRemodelingShow.com. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with a new five-day schedule. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. And there are fabulous display gardens, chef demonstrations, potting parties, cut flower arranging classes, and, of course, kids' activities. Peggy and I will be broadcasting live on March 18th. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show runs for five days only, Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th. Get your tickets at chicagoflower.com. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Gonna have some jazzy themes this morning. Yeah. I feel like uh, chilling right now. <laughs> you know, usually, sometimes Turk comes in here. Uh, with a brewski, I could use one <laughs> right about now. And by the way, uh, in an hour, 
I'm going to let you know that Richie Z, Chicago History and Automotive Heaven, is on 12 to 1 p.m., so uh, we didn't give him yeah. a plug earlier, so I wanted to do he, that. He, he and uh, Mighty House were live at, at the Claremont Museum yesterday on Facebook. Were they really? Yeah, Ron stopped by. Wow, how cool is that? And that's Mighty House Home Improvement Show Saturdays 7 to 10 right here. On 1590 WCGO. Let's go to the phone and bring in our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio. Mr. Rick, how are you? I, I'm I'm doing great. I, I like the way that you kind of said I can I can use a beer right now. I like that. It shows that you're working hard. Uh, yeah. Nothing's gone you, exactly you guys, right today. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying nothing's gone exactly right, so I, know, Rick, I really need it. You could probably have the beers here by the time we get the studio cleaned up after the show. Yeah, just telling. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do, do you do you both sense the the country kind of finally getting it um, with with some of the issues that you guys have been talking about for the last couple of years, we talk about the environment and climate change and all of a sudden this issue on guns, you, you, you feel like the needle's beginning to kind of point in the right direction. I, I hope so. I mean, uh, the guns thing is really interesting. I'm, I'm reserving judgment on it for the moment. I think what's happening is why it's, it, it, well, no, no, no. I mean, I have, I have opinions, uh, I'm reserved. Well, I'm asking you, but do you, do, you, do you feel like there's a sense of, of moving in the right direction? Yeah, I can ask you that. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no. think the volume is on 11 right now. Yeah, and I th- and I think right. and I think right. it had a lot to do with the 2016 election. It was uh, a lot of you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that the, got a lot of likes on Facebook. Uh, the the, <laughs> the the media did. Did they go floating by there? I yes. missed that. The media can uh, can uh, talk all it wants and interview all those misunderstood people who, who who voted for trump and, and i'm getting into political a little bit here uh, and they go after sure. that but there's there's a vast majority of people out there who are just really raging mad we are so fed up and we are so angry with the chaos and now we're starting to say okay you've had your fun it's our turn and we're the majority and we're gonna we're gonna Before tell you you mess it up any further yeah we need to take charge here and get yeah. some things done and and yeah in that re- in that regard yeah i think uh there there's some of that going on in terms of like the straw thing we were talking about plastic th- straws i i had a conversation with the film director linda the other day and i said one of the things that happens to me now and i'm i'm just in that that point where I'm just aware of the issue and trying to act on it. I go into a restaurant. They put a drink down in front of me, whether it's water. I don't drink sodas very much, but usually water. Um, and they put a water, and there's a plastic straw in there. And I go, oh, I missed my opportunity. I needed to tell them ahead of time. But now you have to be... You have to, you, you know, do a prophylactic attack and say, please don't bring a straw when you bring me my water. And that means you have to be thinking in advance, which means it has to be in your consciousness, mm-hmm. which means that it's a lot harder to, than just sitting down in a restaurant and ordering a meal. You mm-hmm. have to be aware. And, that, and take action. So yes. Are, are, are we moving then towards just like saying no straws or for telling restaurants to go with just strictly paper straws is that where we're going I think so I think it's going to end up being paper okay. paper yeah. straw mostly no straws because some of the right. the places right. will tell you well if you've got a drink and it's got a you know you're in the car and it's got a lid on it you can't right. drink through that so right. how are they going to drink well mm-hmm. my answer is don't make it out of plastic or get your own yeah. Your own glass mm-hmm. straw, or, or your stainless or, or stain, bamboo, or, or whatever you do, mm-hmm. we're going to move in that direction. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, it took me a little while to figure out. Every time I walk into a store, I got to have my own carry on carry out bag with me. 
own cup right? with the coffee yeah. In my own cup with the coffee. I, now I do all yeah. that like I buckle up on my seatbelt mm-hmm. when I get in the car. Right. Uh, it's going to be the right. same thing with straws. At some point you say you're going to order and you go, oh, by the way, no, no straw, please. And, and, and I think a lot of people are going to do that. And again, I think some of it is if it can get on a TV show, get on a Netflix movie, get in Facebook memes and and something where the Mm -hmm. main character is refusing the straw, not putting the chemicals on their lawn, planting natives. That's how it starts getting in the vernacular. Well, that's yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I just I want to let you guys, you know, you know, you guys know, even though uh, people know me as teaching at Loyola University, I do have a climate change class up for. Uh, approval, not for this semester, but for next semester at Oakton Community College, um, as well as during the summertime at Lewis. Um, so the the movement is on not only from myself, who continues to push, uh, but I think also demand from students and also mm-hmm. demand from other faculty that, you know, it, it's one thing, it's one thing talking about, it, it's another thing teaching and getting kids to understand and to do something about it. And um, it just seems that there seems to be a, a, a movement in, in the right direction, which was what I you know, started talking about a while ago. Yeah. And part of it also, from a standpoint of, of guns, I've seen it even on college campuses, guys, where I've seen, and I, you know, I teach at several schools, I'm, I'm actually beginning to see students becoming more angry, more aware, and, and more about, we need to do something. Because I've been living through this now for about eight years, and every time there's an event, I make sure I stop the class. I go, okay, you guys want to talk about this? And I'm telling you, up until about a year ago, even six months ago, they didn't want to talk about it. They seemed like there was nothing they could do about it. They seemed shy about it. They seemed, like, frustrated. And now, all of a sudden, that's changed. Mm -hmm. And even myself, who has always been, I think, an outlier, asking not only the students but even other teachers and department chairs, Literally, I say, how do you want us to address this? And they look at me, they go, um, well, we've, we've, we don't have a plan. We've never done this before. And now all of a sudden you, you see them thinking about it, and especially this bird brain idea of teachers carrying oh, guns. That's don't get me started on that. thing I've ever heard. Don't get me started. That's yeah. so stupid. It, it's absurd. The, 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 the number of the, the amount of rules and regulations, you have the unions get involved, you have liability get involved, you have training get involved. It is, it is the most asinine thing I have ever heard of. I, and and all it guns. takes. and, and don't uh, introduce uh, more guns. And and imagine, okay, just a scenario, and then we need to get to flooding because yeah. it's happening in our area. Uh with that scenario, imagine just once uh, a white teacher shooting a black kid or a black teacher shooting a white kid. All right. Now we've got total chaos in the world if that happens. So let's anyway, let's move on. It, 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 it's, it's, it's insane. And, and real quickly, I was just watching the governor of Arkansas talking to someone on Face the Nation saying kids are trained that if, an, if a shooter comes into a classroom, they are trained to throw anything at them like books and things like that to distract them. Really, really, you actually think someone's going to stand up and throw a book at someone with a, with an automatic yeah, really. weapon? I don't think we so. had a guy with a gun who, who wouldn't, who wouldn't even go into the school. Yeah. All right, we've got a lot of flooding in the area. It surprised the heck out of me because <laughs> because Chicago yeah, a lot of flooding in the area. A, a, another another strange event where we had four to six inches of rain, mm-hmm. uh, particularly across the southern suburbs. In addition, you had frozen ground. You had nearly a foot and a half of snow which obviously added to about an inch and a half of water 
and all that obviously producing not catastrophic, but definitely disastrous flooding to many locations, particularly to the south of us. And one thing I mentioned to the people up at Oakton, this is a wake-up call. Flooding is happening earlier, it's happening more often, and it's getting worse. It's not something that happens in the springtime anymore. We're now looking at February into November, Mike and Peg, the, the, the time frame that you can get flooding in this area. It's time to do something to some of the area rivers and also some of the floodplains that we have from a standpoint of being sustainable on how we build in it. Uh, yeah, I know. And I want to talk more about that, uh, about how that's, yeah. that's climate variability and climate change, and we need to address it. Quick, Real quick forecast, Rick. Uh, a nice the next few days after a cool day today and then some rain on Thursday. No snow for the next seven days. All right. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk more next week. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all, good. all of our guests today. Jim Neenhus, Lisa Eldridge-Steinkoff, Chandra Shavanis, Linda Booker, Anna Garcia-Doyle, and Johnny. Until next week, go green or go oh, home. Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.